0: Welcome back to Fly Overview, a member of the Heartland Pod family, a podcast, and a look at Heartland news from 30,000 feet. From the Gateway Arch to the Rocky Mountains, I'm your host, Kevin Smith. I have two parts to today's show, the Heartland Headline segment, where I cover the biggest stories of the week, followed by the lightning round, where I cover the rest of my favorites in rapid succession. COVID rates are up as the Delta variant spreads. In the heartland states, we're seeing a troubling trend emerge as vaccination rates stall out and new COVID cases rise. In Missouri, the seven-day average for new cases has risen to almost 1,000 again after dipping as low as 375 in March of 2021. Rural counties in the southwest of the state have seen the steepest increase, but numbers all around the state continue to climb. Meanwhile, in a state like Ohio, new cases are down to rates not seen since early April of 2020. The biggest difference on paper? Vaccination rates. In Ohio, 45% of all residents are fully vaccinated, and 55% of those 18 and up are fully vaccinated. In Missouri, those numbers are 39% for the general population, and only 49% for those 18 and up. In Missouri, only 73% of those 65 and up are fully vaccinated, while in Ohio, that number is at 80%. In Colorado, where the overall rate is 52%, and 18 and up is 63%, numbers remain on a downward trajectory as well. While in Oklahoma, with numbers like Missouri at 38% overall and 49% for 18 and up fully vaccinated, the cases are up, with a 37% increase over the last 14-day period. In a story from early June of 2021... Over one-third of Missourians in suburban St. Charles County showed hesitancy to get the vaccine at all. And in rural counties, that number is even higher. All in all, it points to a simple reality. A failure to have a vaccinated population could lead to more cases, with faster spreading and a deadlier Delta variant as vaccine rates stall out. It's impossible not to point to leadership in the states where rates of new cases are up and vaccination rates are suppressed, and wonder, where are they on this issue? Now, in Ohio, you may recall the vaccine lottery, which saw a great response. Meanwhile, in Missouri, many legislators and statewide officials seem to ignore the need for vaccines. Missouri governor and noted sentient goldfish, Mike Parson, in what is best described as a complete 180 from his prior statements, is now urging folks to get the vaccine, walking back his prior comments comparing COVID to merely the seasonal flu. Nothing like some good old-fashioned leadership from behind. Now, time will tell just how much of a difference it all makes. But the early indications show that many heartland states could be headed for a catastrophic second wave of the pandemic. Now, if only we had something like this a hundred years ago. Oh, wait, we did. With the Spanish flu, which had a second wave that eclipsed the first in scale of deaths. At least this time, no one is telling us to drink bleach. (laughs) Iowa permitless carry law goes into effect. Iowans can now buy and carry handguns without first getting a permit, after a new law went into effect Thursday. For the first time, the law makes having a permit optional for adults 21 and older to buy a handgun or carry one in most public places. Governor Kim Reynolds signed the Iowa law, which advocates often refer to as constitutional carry or permitless carry, in April. More than a dozen states, including Missouri, have similar laws. The new law won't change the rules for long guns, like rifles and shotguns, which don't require a permit under the previous law. Customers will still need to pass a background check when buying long guns and handguns from a federally licensed dealer. Meanwhile, in 2020, gun deaths in Iowa are up by 23% from 2019, making back-to-back record-breaking years in Iowa for gun deaths. Now, When Missouri passed a similar law in in 2007, gun-related crime rates spiked nearly instantly. Supporters say the Iowa law will prevent law-abiding citizens from having to apply to the government and pay a $50 carry permit fee to exercise their gun rights while allowing them to quickly obtain handguns for self-defense. State GOP Senator Jason Schultz says, The relationship between your state government and the citizen is going to be flipped 180 degrees. You can bear that firearm without permission from the state in the form of a concealed weapon permit or in violation of open carry laws. He said it would not harm public safety, calling it a blessing on the citizenry and a problem for criminals because there's more good guys armed out there. But the new law is highly unpopular. Two-thirds of those surveyed this month for the Des Moines Register's Iowa Poll said they disapprove. Yes, this law is part of the now traditional GOP response to voters, passing unpopular laws and ignoring the public at large. Missouri's AG loses case to former AG candidate. In a 6-0 ruling, the Missouri Supreme Court has ruled that attorney review time for public records released by public entities cannot be charged for. Missouri attorney and former Democratic AG hopeful, Elad Gross, made what is often referred to as a sunshine law request under missouri's chapter 610 which requires public entities and governments to provide access to public records the parson administration provided the documents after redaction by attorneys but tried to charge over three grand for the access to mr gross in the unanimous opinion Judge Patricia Breckenridge wrote that the court concluded the allegations were sufficient to plead that the governor's office had intent to violate the law. The case now goes back to the trial court for further proceeding. Said Gross in response to the ruling, Now there's a very clear ruling that these practices have always been illegal, should never have been used to stop the public from accessing public records, or members of the media for that point too, and hopefully those kinds of abuses will now be put to an end. Our own attorney and Heartland Pod host Adam Summers said of the ruling, quote, This ruling is a clear message to not just the administration that it acted in bad faith, but to any and all Missouri governmental or other public entities that the Sunshine Law of Missouri is not optional. People have a right to know what the government is doing, and they have a right to have access to that information without it costing exorbitant fees. You shouldn't need an extra four grand on hand and a law degree to get public records. It's pretty simple. The law allows for some charges, mostly related to the actual cost for physical copies, or for a staff member to make those copies or search for those records and locate them. It doesn't provide for the cost of a lawyer to review them for redactions. The government and its lawyers have a duty to do that work already. That cost cannot be passed on. We already paid for it with our tax dollars. The remaining case is part of an investigation into Dark Money Group best known for its connection to former governor and now senate candidate, Eric Greitens. A clean FRA bill heads to the governor in Missouri. On Wednesday, Missouri lawmakers finally sent the renewal of the Federal Reimbursement Allowance, or FRA, a critical extension to the major source of funding for Medicaid in the state to Governor Mike Parson, just ahead of a deadline he imposed for enacting drastic budget cuts across the state. Missouri has had the tax, called the FRA, in place for about three decades, and its renewal has been routine. This year, hardline conservatives in the Senate sought to add provisions banning Medicaid coverage of certain forms of birth control, which they called akin to abortion, and block the program from making payments to Planned Parenthood. In a win for pragmatism, neither provision has been included in the renewal sent to the governor. Now, we want to remember that the GOP supermajority failed to pass this extension during the regular session, so we had to call this special session into place. Uh, The GOP, however, did get what they want, hours and hours of pontificating on the evils of Planned Parenthood and birth control. Now, as far as Planned Parenthood goes, there's only 12 clinics in the entire state, 11 of which are only family planning clinics, and only one can truly be considered an abortion clinic. In a statement, House Speaker Rob Vescovo and Speaker Pro Tem John Wyman and Majority Leader Dean Plotcher said they they had supported both the FRA and anti-abortion efforts. They said that we are proud of the work done by the House today to approve the FRA renewal so the vital programs that assist many of Missouri's most vulnerable citizens can continue to be funded. They also said that we're proud of our members for taking a strong stand in the defense of the lives of the unborn, as we approve House Bill 2 to prevent taxpayer dollars from going to abortion providers. Now, Minority Leader Crystal Quaid responds simply, All of this was a political move. Barring any funny business from Parson, I'm happy to just be done talking about the FRA. Let's sign it and get it done. Hey folks, I hope you're enjoying the show I want to remind you that the Heartland Pod Has a number of great shows you can catch From our Monday show, the Heartland Pod Where host Adam Summer Has interviews with folks from all over the Heartland About any number of important topics From politics to homestead farming And beyond On Wednesdays we have the Marquise Govan show A bully caucus where he gets into Some very local St. Louis politics And a little bit beyond We have the Delta Which is hosted by science teacher, Nick Linky as he dives into critical science matters that impact our daily lives and politics as well. And then of course, currently on Fridays, my own show, The Fly Overview. And I also want to let you all know really quick, it's a reminder for everybody that if you or someone you know has been on or is now on unemployment, the ACA coverage, Affordable Care Act coverage, may be available to them free of charge for the rest of 2021. Go to Marketplace.org to learn more about that. And now, the lightning round. Lightning round. Missouri Prison Healthcare Contract Changes Companies Centurion Health, a Virginia subsidy of the St. Louis Managed Care Company Centene, beat out four other bidders including current provider Corazon Health for a contract awarded May 28th. Under the terms of the contract, Centurion would be paid about $174.6 million for the year starting July 1st. The initial contract term is three years with four optional years and Centurion's bid totals out $1.4 billion over the full period. Lawmakers appropriated $152.8 million for prison medical services in the coming year, the third year where the amount has been unchanged. The actual cost in fiscal 2020 was $149.9 million. In formal protests last week, Corazon wrote that it was treated unfairly in the scoring and that Centurion failed to report problems that cost it a Tennessee contract on May 10th, including that key personnel involved in its Missouri bid were fired over the involvement in the Tennessee scandal. UC Health pays $500 incentive to employees who get the COVID vaccine. UC Health plans to give $500 to those among the 26,000 employees who are vaccinated. Contractors can also receive the bonus. The system operates 12 hospitals and about 700 individual clinics across Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska. The bonus applies to thousands of additional contractors, like those working as security guards or valets. Those UC Health workers who are now vaccinated will get the money in mid July, and anyone who gets vaccinated between now and August 22nd would get it on September 3rd. Vice President of Communications for UC Health, Dan Weaver, says that UC Health will mandate the vaccine for all of our employees and contractors at some point, likely later this year. He noted the system already requires employees to get the flu vaccine. We want to be able to provide the safest possible environment for our patients, he says, visitors, employees, and requiring everyone to be vaccinated against COVID 19. In the same way we mandate influenza vaccinations will help improve safety for everyone. Mayor Richard Jones' $80 million direct relief proposal was approved by the St. Louis Board of Estimate and Apportionment but faces a challenge for final approval with the Board of Aldermen. Comptroller Darlene Green in a press release said The past year and a half has been devastating for St. Louis families and businesses. The relief package presented by Mayor Jones prioritizes addressing the most urgent needs of our residents and I encourage everyone to work together so we can quickly put the relief funds to work in our community. Jones and Green both voted for the package, but ENA's third member, Board of Aldermen President Louis Reed, refused. Reed and Jones are frequent rivals and have quarreled throughout the process. The proposal passed by ENA, which has oversight of a swath of of City Finances could clash with a separate proposal in the Board of Aldermen. Reed called Jones out, saying she cannot do the job of the board. To which Mayor Jones replied, You can't do the job of mayor either, honey. ExxonMobil in the hot seat. ExxonMobil has been attempting a new face lately, obtaining new board members, quote, focused on climate change and claiming to finally be sensitive to the issue. However, a recent sting by the group Greenpeace finds one major lobbyist for Exxon sowing some doubt on that new branding. Keith McCoy, the oil giant's senior director for federal relations, was caught on camera during what he thought was a job interview, blatantly revealing the tactics to sow doubt on the science and protect profits for the gas giant above all else, and that they have always taken center stage and are likely continuing to do so. McCoy talks about working with shadow groups and influencing senators to weaken climate elements of President Biden's infrastructure plan, saying... Joe Manchin. I talk to his office every week. He calls the Democratic senator from West Virginia a kingmaker and discussed how, on the Democratic side, we look for moderates on these issues in an effort to stop policies that could hurt the company's business. ExxonMobil chairman and CEO Darren Woods said in a statement about McCoy's comments that they don't represent the company's views. We condemn the statements and are deeply apologetic for them, including comments regarding interactions with elected officials. Lori Lodes, Executive Director of Climate Power, says now people know exactly what's happening behind the scenes. She calls on senators to ignore the industry's deceptive practices and to get to work on a strong reconciliation package that delivers on Biden's promise of 100% clean energy and reducing pollution. There have been calls to Congress to immediately investigate Exxon and fossil fuel companies after this. Representative Ro Khanna, a Democrat from California, says he will hold a hearing this fall about the climate disinformation and coordinated attacks on scientific truth among polluters and their lobbyists. It should be an interesting hearing. Um, Among McCoy's comments to the undercover activists, he said that ExxonMobil has a playbook for dealing with hearings like what Kana plans. He says they usually send trade group representatives to be, quote, the whipping boy. Kana says he'll subpoena executives if they refuse to appear themselves. Dark money is just fine, says the U.S. Supreme Court. In a 6-3 ruling and bringing the term to an end, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that people who donate to political nonprofits have a First Amendment right to remain anonymous. The case, stemming from a California rule requiring disclosure of donors similar to a political candidate, was one of the few this term that lined up exactly on the 6-3 right and left lines of the high court. The reasoning was that while a state may have an interest in preventing fraud in nonprofits, these kinds of nonprofits really don't represent enough potential fraud to matter, and that forcing disclosure of donor information could be chilling to First Amendment right of free association. So there you have it, folks. You have no protection for your information if you give money to a candidate. But as long as it's a hyper partisan nonprofit, you can give all you want, and no one has to know. It'll be our little secret. Well, folks, that's all the time we have. I want to thank you for joining us. If you feel you have a story we should look into and possibly highlight on the show, tweet us at the Heartland Pod and visit us for links to all our shows and our merchandise shop at heartlandpod.com. The Flyover View is a production of MidMap Media LLC. This week's episode featured reporting from the pitch out of Kansas City, the Riverfront Times. Missouri Independent, Colorado Public Radio, Associated Press, New York Times, KSDK St. Louis, the Des Moines Register, and SupremeCourt.gov. Remember to subscribe so you get this show and all our Heartland Pod offerings with new episodes releasing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Same time, same place. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's flyover review. We'll see you Monday for the Heartland Pod.